Hello guys, welcome to episode 2 of the Coaster Pal podcast. Um, obviously, same as last time, you're joined with Dan and also Nathan. And me, hello, good to be back. And um, yeah, we're going to be talking about all of the good things that we spoke about last time, except this time we're going to focus a bit more on the theme park side of things. So, first of all, before we start the episode, I'd just like to say a massive thank you to everyone that listened in to the last one. Um, we had such a good response better than i expected yeah it was yeah i mean obviously neither of us have done this before so we did we didn't really know what to expect in terms of like listeners and popularity but it it, it came out pretty well yeah we, like, we a lot of people i think enjoyed it yeah we, we we had like a really good sort of um turnaround with it i've been checking the analytics of things and making sure everything's in check and um yeah it's been going really really well we've had some great feedback uh we've had some Little bits that you guys wanted to sort of hear less and more of. So, yeah, that's always good. Just, a, you know, positive and negative feedback is welcome because, you know, we, we want to improve the podcast as much as possible. And we also want to be giving you guys the most interesting and uh, fun content, to be honest with you. So, um, yeah, massive, massive from you guys. Funnily enough, I don't know if you saw this, Nath, but um, we also got a share from the amazing team over at Fear at Avon Valley. Yes, we did, yeah. Which was huge. Um, I spoke to, uh, I believe it was a girl called Lizzie on their um, on their Instagram page. If you haven't checked out as well, go on to Instagram, at Coastapal. All of our content that was uh, basically started this podcast is over on there. But yeah, we spoke to Lizzie. She really enjoyed the podcast, said that she was really impressed with our review and um, we couldn't thank them enough because we got, we got a big surge of views after they uh, shared our, our content. So that's really, really good. Really good, yeah. Um, so yeah, moving on. Um, we are Today I'll run you through the sort of things that we're going to be talking about um, and hopefully you guys are looking forward to the show. So, Nathan, do you want to tell them about what we're going to be speaking about first? Of course, yeah. Obviously, last episode we ended, we mentioned we were going to Alton Towers Christmas event. So, we're going to start with that. It's going to be sort of what we did with Halloween events. Like, just basically like a brief review of it. What to expect if you're still planning on going. And, yeah, what we thought about our opinions. Anything that could have changed, sort of thing. And then from there, we're essentially diving into news about theme parks obviously in the uk around the world um obviously some of those being the main one is the thought park coaster which was announced yep. recently uh the update to icon coming next year just to name a couple but um we'll dive into that in more detail soon yeah so um like nathan said this episode is going to be really focused on talking about the future additions for the parks from 2022 we're going to go into a little bit more detail this uh, this week, mainly to talk about, you know, the background of these rides, what we're expecting, um, what we're hoping for, and basically just looking at all of the details of all of these up and coming things that are coming out in the next, <clears throat> excuse me, two to three to maybe four years that are going to be massive for the theme park world. So uh, without further ado, we will get into it. Right, so as we mentioned in the intro, we're going to start off the episode uh, with Alton Towers Christmas, which was a first for us, never done it before. So we're going to talk about uh, the general atmosphere of the park, because obviously that's 
that's a very important aspect for any event, especially obviously Halloween, Christmas. You want that Christmassy atmosphere around the park. Um, and then obviously the Christmas market, which I believe was new this year. We're going to talk about like the variety of stores they had, the popularity of it, which was, we could definitely see a lot of people definitely interested in that, more like a family target mm -hmm. sort of thing. Um, obviously, Lightopia, which we'll get into, was fantastic. Uh, ride availability, like what's open and queue times, that sort of stuff. And we'll, we'll break all of that sort of stuff down. Uh, but to start off, the atmosphere, you, it was... It was really good. You could you, like the minute you go through the gates, you're like, "This, this is Christmas. This is what Christmas is." Um, the theme and around everything, the weather is like a big. We've said this about Scarefest as well. Like the weather is a big part of it. Like the cold air, it really plays. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like it, but it really plays a part. Um, obviously, the theme and around the trees, the lights, all of the effort that goes into that to make it look how it does, that's incredible. It really adds to it. Um, so as you walk down Tower Street, that's where the that's where the Christmas market is, and it's a bunch of stalls set up. I don't know how many, 30, 40 maybe. Just looking at it, there was loads there. And you got a huge variety of stuff to like, sort of like novelty gift sort of things. I know there was an Alton Towers sort of stall actually. It's like gifts like that. Um, a lot of it's like cakes, or like cheeses, like food sort of stuff. Uh, hats, scarves and all that sort of stuff. There was a huge, huge variety of stuff. And we had a brief look around. We, we got a couple of things, didn't we? we? Yeah, we were we were lucky enough to have like, obviously with, with Towers... They their opening times at the resort over the Christmas period is uh eleven till eight, so you got a good nine hours on park. We didn't get there until we had we had a game of golf before we got on park. We kind of took it easy, but I'd say even though we got on park at like sort of maybe like two o'clock in the it afternoon, was, yeah, one two o'clock. We we still had so much time to just like relax and take in the atmosphere, and we had so much time to look around. Um. We had an initial look at these stalls when we got onto the park and then we kind of got back to Tower Street towards the end of the day um, for, for more of a proper look, I guess. But um, yeah, it was it was fantastic. I mean, we, we got, like I said, we, we started walking down. Uh, one thing you do need to bear in mind is the monorail isn't operational uh, during this period. So we ended up walking from the resort down to the uh, park entrance and all the way from the resorts of the park entrance there were people who had clearly just um gotten the free entry into the um the market and they were walking back up with their bags full of stuff <laughs> uh, but, and um yeah it was very very popular um in terms of the like nathan said the 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 cold weather and the decorations really added to it i think it really did have that kind of christmas Sort of, the sort of Christmassy vibe to it. Yeah, definitely. And um yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. I mean, just looking at the stalls in general, I mean we we got there and Nath bought a hat from the I did. From, it was a very cold day. I, yeah. I needed a hat. <laughs> <laughs> and um it was all done by what I would presume are local businesses or, or maybe sort of regional businesses that have kind of set up shop and yeah, I think it was like a mixture. I remember seeing on some of the stalls like some of them very local like you know nearby Cheadle some of them literally come from there some of them obviously they have their own shops but they then just sort of like miniaturized it into a stall and brought it down just to get that sort of the idea of the shop it's sort of like publicity sort of thing because obviously on towers you get a lot of people going it's it's a good place to sort of publicize the stall Definitely. your business sort of thing and then obviously like you said you get uh ones that are from like miles away that have been like you know what this is an opportunity yeah. But it's good. It's good that towers have set it up. Like it's it's not just, as it's not just something for like 
visitors to enjoy, like go around and have a look at things. It's like it's an opportunity for businesses to open up and sort of spread the word sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, so we it's saw, really good that like, they did it, yeah. Yeah, like you said, like we saw stalls from like nearby towns like Cheadle and Stoke and things like that. And then we saw some places, like I saw a, um, a Cherry Bakewell um, sort of stall uh, from Bakewell in Derbyshire, and obviously I know that's not too far away, but I mean it's it's, bit, it's not local. It's, yeah, yeah, definitely. So it's it's just a really good opportunity for businesses to come out, and it sounds it sounds very sort of um, capitalist of me, but it's a great way of pro- profiting in the in the Christmas period. It is, yeah. um, and so many people were really enjoying it. I mean, like we said, the the variety was ridiculous. Um, we had, you know, cheeses. Um, we you bought a thing from that seasoning store oh yeah it's, um, <laughs> honestly it's fantastic it was it's brilliant it's like um i won't go into too much detail it's not it's not relevant but it's a, it's a salt shake with like different um different levels to it you can switch them around they've got different flavored salts in and i saw it and i was like it's it's a must i need it <laughs> but yeah yeah no the variety was just incredible like it was so crowded around the stores like not in a bad way not in a bad way at all but you could see the popularity like the people like they were bringing in it's I don't know if you guys have ever been to sort of like Manchester or Birmingham Christmas market where it's just the streets are lined with small sort of shops and things that you can buy. It was just that, but at Alton Towers and it was really, really nice. Had that kind of like, especially with the Wonder Bar and like the the, the Bratwurst and things like it, it had a very sort of Bavarian German kind of Christmas feel to it. Um so there was kind of a nice hint toward, towards Oktoberfest and stuff like it, it had that kind of Oktoberfest feel to it but with a bit of a christmas twist and um yeah the um we, we won't go on to the the main park yet but it was really nice just to see the um all of the christmas decorations the huge lightopia um logo uh, right at that the was, center of the park really good, yeah. such a good photo opportunity um i don't know if you guys have seen it but if you haven't and this is a shameful plug but head on over to our instagram you'll be able to see a photo of it on there um and yeah, it's just a massive logo for Lytopia just to advertise the event for the year. Um, and then you obviously had your wreaths, um, the baubles, the Christmas trees, that just everything, every sort of little thing that you would want out of a Christmas decoration, it, it was there somewhere. Yeah, it's like everything you could think of, they found a way to get it in. Yeah. And it's good. It, like, it, and it didn't look like too much, did it? No. It was just the perfect amount, but you had everything... And they kind of they like maybe maybe going into a bit too much detail, but it might it kind of it wasn't it wasn't tacky. It was very classy. However, it wasn't losing the fun side of sort of like you're at a theme park and this this is all very not not, not very serious. Um, it was it just felt very sort of nice and it felt very correct. And I, that I was, think, yeah, I think that's the best the best. It's just nice. It's just the best word. Yeah, and they, they really they really did well. And the layout of the the event was amazing too i mean um if you can imagine this in your head you've got tower street as you walk in with all of the stalls on then right at the end of tower street where you would usually go to sit on the um uh benches uh, if you can imagine where the pretzel kind of um archway was at Oktoberfest, there was an amazing sort of food court area where you had the wonder bar and you had the bratwurst and you had the hog roast and things like that um which was fantastic for guests and then either side one towards the entrance of mutiny bay and one towards the entrance of um sort of cbb's land you had these 
icicle kind of looking archways that were basically where they check your ticket because if you paid a bit extra you gained access to the park which is what we'll talk about now yeah we'll move into that so um yeah you go ahead we'll talk about ride availability first because um we'll do we'll do like to to it. that's quite a big segment we could talk a lot about that but in terms of ride availability you've got um as you mentioned you've got the two archways if you go down towards the right is where you go past CBeebies Land first, obviously, and all of CBeebies Land was open, wasn't it, right through the day? Yeah, there wasn't. I don't think there was anything in CBeebies Land that wasn't open. Uh, Get uh, Set Go Get wasn't Set Go. open. Yeah, that was, that was close. But um, the majority of stuff in CBeebies Land was open, which is good in terms of like, families and stuff, because it is very much a family event. In terms of like our experience with CBeebies Land for this particular trip, um, here at Coaster Park, we, we do actually love... We're not just roller coaster enthusiasts, we're theme park enthusiasts. We, we do everything. Yeah, we, we do everything from the, you know, sort of the family offerings to the, the huge thrill rides. And we do love CBeebies Land. However, this trip, we only managed to get one ride in CBeebies Land, which was a night ride on in the night garden. It's different. <laughs> it's different is all I'm going to say. It's very um, different. Yeah, a little bit creepy. But yeah, no, CBeebies Land was, was open. It was... It was busy. I mean, I'd say it's probably the busiest part of the park for, yeah, for Christmas yeah. time. Um, yeah, because, well, yeah, it's a family event. So yeah. you have a lot of kids going down there. Um, moving on from that, as you go a bit further down, obviously you've got Spinball. Yeah. Spinball Wizard was open. We did a lot. We did a lot of that. 15 rides on it. I think 17. Was it, or was it 15? It was one of the two. We did it a was, lot It was of around rides. that sort of mark because obviously that's like, obviously it's the main, well, the only coaster that was sort of open. Like you say Optimals, but I'm talking about sort of bigger the coaster, the bigger coaster. It's the only one that was open. So, and we love Spinball. Yes, yeah, we, we enjoy a ride on Spinball. Spinball is a massive thing for us. Like, uh, I think Spinball gets a lot of stick from fans. I think it gets compared to Dragon's Fury a lot. However, we, I don't know about you, Nath, but I personally take Spinball over. But Spinball, of course, any day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we had we had some great rides on we it. We did have some really good rides, especially getting later into the day. Yeah, we, rides. we also had some pretty bad rides on it there were a couple of rides that really like i don't know it's just a bit janky and stuff yeah but, but no nah, generally we really enjoy spinball and if you head down to alton towers christmas absolutely rinse spinball yeah, because do it. it was on like a five minute queue all yeah, day yeah we didn't that. queue more than that at no. all most of them were walk on as well yeah um and then if you move further through the park you go past the towers ruins uh hex is open which is good. I think we only did it once, didn't we? Yeah. It is that sort of ride. You do it once a day. Um, but, you know, Hex Hex is good. Um, and then, obviously, David Williams. What did David Williams is open? Yeah. So we did Gangster Granny, of course. We we, we like Gangster Granny. Yeah. Like, I think we say we like it. I don't think we'd queue for it. We, we walked, it was walk-on when we went it, in. Yeah, it was walk-on, so we decided to go on. Now, the thing is with Gangster Granny, if you are a parent or an auntie or a grandma or whatever, and you have children that are five to ten years old it's perfect then yeah queue for it queue as long as you want because it's the perfect ride for that age group if you're two 20 year old men um who just want who are just there for the fun then i'd say no longer than 10 minutes however it was walk on and we had a great time on gangster granny always have a great time it is a good ride so that, yeah that's the rides that are open um so we touched briefly on like uh queue times which were not bad at all through the day. Like Oh, we're missing something. Um, there's an area of the park that we actually didn't go into um, on our trip to Towers Christmas, but uh, Mutiny Bay is all, also open. Oh, we didn't go, yeah. Um, so you've got Heave Ho, uh, Marauder's Mayhem, and uh, Sharkbait Reef. 
that are all open to the public uh, for Christmas. Um, I would, you know, I could go on about all of the that area, but you guys know enough about it now. It's a, it's a rocking target. Um, a, I don't know, a teacups in an aquarium. You know, it's nothing special, but it's always a really good time for the families. Carry on. <laughs> yeah. Um, queue times. Obviously, that's your sort of availability for rides, but queue times obviously factor into that as well. With it not, with not every ride being available, you'd think you think queue times would go up a bit. Bear in mind, there's like the limited opportunity. But as you said, Spinball, we didn't queue much more than five minutes at a time. Yeah. I mean, I'd imagine at some point through the day it was a bit higher, but we might have just avoided it. I know Gangster Granny, sort of like earlier in the day, was about 30, it could have gone up to 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. When the families are around, obviously you expect that. But later in the day, this goes for CBB's land as well. Pretty much everything is just zero minutes because all the families have started to go home. Yeah, one thing to bear in mind as well is families will start to leave before the park closes. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to get on all of the family rides, uh, I wait, would probably wait. wait. To the end, yeah. Um, maybe do Lightopia as it's getting dark. Do Spinball, like rinse Spinball and Hex for, for the day and maybe just have a walk around the stalls and then when it gets dark um, and, you know, towards the end of the day, probably then start thinking about going on Gangster Granny and, um, you know, Flavio and all of that. Yeah. Um, which I did do for the first time actually did Flavio. yeah you did yeah yeah right uh, so moving on to sort of like what you could say is the main event uh, Lightopia yeah it, it was it's hard to put into like it's hard to put into words it was it was incredible I've actually got um, I took a lot of photos for the Instagram for Lightopia so what I'm going to do is I'm going to basically go through these photos and we'll walk through all of the different segments of Lightopia yeah. there are going to be spoilers so um, if you if you don't want to know what happens in Lightopia, then please skip ahead. I'd say we'll probably be talking about it for sort of five to ten minutes. It'll probably be more than that. Um, and um, yeah, just I hope you enjoy it when you go. Anyway, swiftly moving on. So Lightopia begins with a huge kind of um, logo with a half archway that has loads of Christmas decorations on it. And uh, something to bear in mind with Lightopia as well, that the lights, they're actually lanterns and they're made of like a sort of fabric um, with with lights inside. Something else I just want to point out quickly before you carry on is I saw a, um, I saw a comment from someone on Facebook the other day that had been to Lightopia and they were really disappointed and their main point was that it wasn't Christmassy. So I just want to make the point now, it is not a Christmas lights display. Yeah. It goes through the seasons. Yeah. So... Well, none of the lights are Christmassy, are they? It it works through like the seasons. Like you start with winter. See, see, um, Lightopia rather than being a Christmas display as a New Year's display. See it as um a display to celebrate the year that has gone past. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's um, the best way to put it. Yeah. It's it's you're not gonna see barely anything Christmas related. Um, it's gonna be you're gonna see winter, which will entail winter. You know, just a lot of it was animals. Animals, a lot yeah. of it was animals. Um, you've got winter, spring, summer, autumn, and Halloween. Um, so you know, there's there's a lot, but it's not a very Christmas. No, it's 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 not a Christmas lights display at all. But that doesn't mean that it's not amazing. We we loved Lightopia. Um, just because it was now another thing as well. I don't want to keep rambling on about this, but Lightopia isn't an Alton Towers production. Lightopia is a separate event. It's a it's a its own festival, 
they've got one in Manchester, one in London, and one at Alton Towers, and we're fortunate enough to have one at one of our Merlin parks. Um, so Lightopia is its own thing. It's set apart from the rest of the park, hence why there's a separate ticket. Um, and yeah, that's that's just the thing that you need to bear in mind. Yeah, but, just just don't go in expecting Christmas lights is the main thing. Yeah, because you you will be disappointed. Precisely. Yeah. So starts off um with this logo and sort of like a Christmassy kind of snowflake design on the um lights. So many different colors. Yeah. Pink, greens, blues. It's absolutely fantastic. And this is next to Battle Galleons is where the entrance is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so right, yeah, the first season you go through is winter. Now, I know we've just talked about it not being Christmas, but ironically, the first thing you see is a Christmas tree yeah. with presents underneath. But that is, I want to say the only thing, but we'll probably get caught out again. But it probably is the only Christmas thing. And this is like, you're just walking past Wicker Man. This is like the first section. This is where winter begins. If you can imagine where the Wicker Man structure stands, this tree is literally right in front of it. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's a, it's a huge tree with lots of presents underneath, with snowflakes, and it just looks really really magical um moving on so then after that a lot of it f from now on will be animals i don't we, we can't we're not going to go into too much detail about each individual light we'll try and give like a brief overview so a lot of it is animals so for the winter section you've got like stag deers uh, polar bears like the penguins and all that sort of stuff yeah and that's sort of around the area that you'd be walking into the main part of katanga canyon i think um, they had some of the polar bears they were in the water as well yeah they, like, so if if you ice. imagine the little lake uh with the katanga canyon sign next to Sharkbait reef uh that is basically where the polar bears and the penguins sit um and yeah they are um yeah really fantastic looking models um and another thing as well uh, that we really enjoyed about this particular section of Lightopia is that they had a uh, custom Alton Towers Christmas logo yes. um, light as well that we took a photo very of. Very detailed as well. Yeah, very. I mean, that, that goes for all of the lights. They were very, very detailed. Absolutely. Really yeah. impressive stuff. S something tells me that a lot of these lights as well, they're sort of like light life-size to the animals that you that you see. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some of them are huge. Um, Some really, really big displays. Um, as you got in sort of further and deeper into the display, uh, almost as if you're walking up the path that goes past Congo River Rapids and over the bridge into the main hub of um, Katanga Canyon, the animals are very sort of magical, aren't they? They're not sort of, they don't look like just standard animals. You've got like snow leopards that have got like white eyes that sort yeah, of... Yeah, they have their own sort of twist on it. Yeah, and they all look like they're kind of very... Um, it was like a balance between like a real animal and a mythical idea of that animal sort yeah. of thing, like sort of combining the two. Absolutely, um, you had an you had like this huge owl perched on a branch, which was really cool. Um, one of my favourite ones actually was this fox. It was um, like a white fox with a blue face, and it had like a almost like a gem or kind of like a diamond on its forehead, um, and it just yeah, it just looked really sort of majestic and cool. I think cool is something you use for a lot of these. Like, it's such a, it's such a lame word to use. Yeah. But you look at something like you just think that light is just cool. It's just cool. Yeah, absolutely. And and you you know you've got, you've got some sort of more wacky ones as well. Like you've got um, snowmen that sort of look very spherical and not as detailed. But I think it's nice to have like a bit of a mix because, some of these animals are like 
crazy realistic. Yeah, like, like they're spot on. Um, so yeah, and weirdly enough, we there's actually a pride of lions in the winter section, which, looking back in retrospect, it doesn't really make a lot of sense, but. They look amazing, and then uh, Nathan, one of Nathan's favourites, actually, we emerged round the corner from the uh, refill station on the path up to Katanga Canyon. Yes, and perched there is just a bright white stag. It was huge, massive antlers, and I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, Harry Potter nerd. So immediately, immediately to me, that's that just screams Harry's Patronus, and I was like, I I kind of lost it at that point. I was like, this is just insane. This is incredible. It's so good. And obviously with the light being very white, and if you go in, like obviously the, the Lightopia display is actually available in the daytime as well. Um, but if you go when it's dark, there's like a whole new element to it. Yeah. Um, like seeing this thing that like Nathan says looks like Harry Potter's Patronus, because it's white. It really glows. It, yeah, like my, it camera, really glows. my camera didn't even pick up the... Um, the, the sort of features of the stag it basically just looked like a glowing silhouette of this stag it was yeah. very cool very cool indeed and then um right next to that you come to a um you come to a pair of dragons which are sort of looking at each other and if you've looked at any of the sort of promotional art and the marketing for lightopia these two dragons are sort of the stars of the show um they are on all of the uh sort of marketing of it it's on on the websites it's on the the, the leaflets everything for my uh, lightopia are these two dragons um and then well, uh, if you excuse me guys what i'm basically doing is just looking through our photos and sort of kind of giving myself a mental walkthrough of this display um and then nathan saw something which he thought looked uh, yeah um you go past um it's as you're walking past the rapids there's the tree and they've draped loads of lights over it. It just looks like a willow tree, essentially, because of the lights draped over it. Um, I'm sure a lot of you have seen the film Avatar. It came out years and years ago. And the Tree of Souls. And I literally turned it down and said, that looks exactly like the Tree of Souls. That that probably wasn't their intention. Like <laughs> It probably wasn't, but it just looks exactly like it. And it is really good. It's, it, it's, it's literally like a willow tree, but the branches themselves are lit up. Like It is, it is hard to put into words, like everything you see there. And I think that's when things start going into spring. Yeah, they start changing into spring. You get loads of flowers and everything. So, um, do you want to talk about the um, do you want to talk about the big sort of globe next to? Yeah, I think that was sort of like the introduction sort of light. It was um, it was just outside Runaway Mine Train, wasn't it? Yeah, it starts changing. So it's like a big sphere, and it is a very big sphere, t taller than your average person. Yeah. Um, like a blue sort of sphere, coated in flowers on the surface of it and then you've got like these flowers that are popping out of it like bright sort of like neon sort of pink and it really it really stands out it's in its own space wide open space you can kind of tell that you're moving into the next season yeah they do point. make it like they make it obvious enough but not so in your face obvious yeah um and then as you're walking around into sort of jewel um area like gloomy wood um you've got these uh watering cans that are kind of like taped to the fences and they kind of look as though they're watering lights uh which are really cool and then the spring section which is actually a really nice section has loads of baby animals and their mothers uh, so you've got like baby giraffes and baby monkeys and things like that um easter uh, you've, so you've got huge easter eggs which like i said with the snowmen being quite spherical and not very detailed 
it doesn't matter. There's, it's good to have a bit of a variety with that, uh, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and then what else did we see in the uh, spring section? Uh, it was, well, like I said, a lot, a lot of animals, a lot of flowers. But then, like I mentioned in the winter section, the sort of idea between the real animal and the mythical animal, you've still got that running through, like this massive swan we went past. You could tell it was a swan immediately, like the white, but it had all these bright sort of colourful patterns all over it, sort of like replacing the feathers. It, it, it just really presented a new like idea of that animal. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just really nice as well because like you've got you've got like it's it's a very sort of articulate and and artistic way of appreciating it's it's just an appreciation of like life and the, and the sort of nature and that sort of aspect yeah, of Yeah. And it's just it's just really, really fantastic. I mean, like I said with the baby animals and stuff, we had these huge elephants as you were walking down towards Forbidden Valley. They they could be life size. Like we're not we're not exaggerating, like some of these were massive. Absolutely huge. And then you've got like the baby ones and there's loads of flowers surrounding them and you've got like monkeys and rabbits and there's loads of birds like so many birds and like m like these lights a lot of them are sort of just like on the floor and stuff but like the birds and stuff the monkey they had from the tree they've really thought about using the surroundings yeah to sort of accommodate the light they've not just stuck a light down That's turned it. it on and called it that they've really they've really used the surroundings yeah and they uh, it's, it, they must have they must have surveyed like the area and figured out how they were going to work like all of the different lights into the landscape of Alton Towers because yeah, they're... You've, you've really got to say like a huge, huge well done to the staff that set this up. Like, not only the time and the effort went in, like went into it, but the planning. Yeah. Like the the level of perfection they achieved as well. Like, you can't really fault it. No, it is fantastic. And then, as you're on the path moving up to Forbidden Valley, it moves to summer, and um, summer is where I really picked up on the soundtrack. I think it took a little bit of time for me to sort of get used to it. But what a whimsical and happy soundtrack as you're walking past. There isn't, it isn't the sort of typical Alton Towers style of like epic dramatic music. No, no, no. It's just very happy, happy, jolly music as you're walking past. And like I said, it's a celebration. It's a really sort of fun, enjoyable atmosphere. And everyone seems to be enjoying it. Absolutely, yeah. So as you move through the summer section, you've got, well, everything you'd expect to find in summer, like flip-flops rubber rings these huge dogs wearing massive red sunglasses which was quite funny to walk past i think a lot of people are enjoying that they're a really good photo point those ones yeah definitely yeah well every, like... everything is but these dogs they were massive like perched up yeah uh sunflowers just it's ever everything like you think summer you think anything you think was summer and it's just there they've got everything you can imagine i think also the um the winter and the spring sections were very sort of um, sort of detailed, whereas the summer is very sort of cartoon-esque and there were the odd bits and bobs, kind of like flamingos and things like that, that were still very realistic, but it had this kind of cartoony, kind of happy-go-lucky kind like of... fictional sort of vibe. Yeah. Like flowers with like smiling faces on and everything. That's it, and that that was really good because obviously... I think I think that's goes goes down to the whole sort of family audience thing again. Like kids, oh, yeah, kids love that kind they of did, thing. They did. They they loved it. A lot of them were just they they were loving it. You could see it. I actually remember as we were walking through into Gloomy Wood, there was this one kid. He just saw this. Um, I can't remember what it was that he saw. I think it was like a, the swan or something like that. And he just goes, 
runs over to his mum and goes, yo, that is mad. And he's like eight years old. Or <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, really, really cool. I mean, it, it, appeal, it appeals to all ages. Um, the whole family can get involved. You've got to look at it this way, guys. Me and Nathan might be really into this. I mean, like, God, we, we host a podcast talking about it, you know. But even if we weren't, even if we were just two normal 20-year-old blokes that just wanted to go to Alton Towers for the day, we would still really enjoy this. It's a, such a fantastic experience. Um, anyway, moving on. So, yeah, we get into autumn now. And this is where there was another Alton Towers custom uh, print or light uh and it was the oktoberfest logo and surrounding the oktoberfest logo was a load of really happy looking pretzels and they were just stood next to the oktoberfest logo um interestingly enough as well where these lights are there is a wall that blocks you from the rest of forbidden valley so obviously this is okay. if you can imagine where the um if you can imagine where the uh sort of nemesis gun is in forbidden valley up near the arcade um, the wall is basically just there as you're about to go down towards Nemesis and the blade and things like that. Um, but yeah, and then there wasn't too much more in Forbidden Valley because they made basically made us walk past Nemesis Ices and Donuts and then into the woods. This this was really impressive, this bit. Yeah. Um, so as you walk past, obviously you've got all the woods on the left hand side, like, all the, like slope, the massive slope with all the trees up. And they had... Um, the other side of the path where you're walking down, like loads of scaffolding set up and projectors set up, which were projecting into the trees. I mean, when 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 you first walk into it, you're not stood in the line of the projectors, so yeah. it looks like a bunch of lights just spraying around all over the trees, and that's that's impressive in itself. Like before, I saw the scaffolding, I thought they've just layered the branches with flashing lights because that's what it looked like. Yeah. But then as you walk through down the pathway, you sort of get in line with the scaffolding and the projectors. You could see the pattern they're sort of like creating in the trees funnily enough like when you say that about how working out um how it all works and stuff when i first saw it the um the lights are kind of in like a uh a, a, sorry the lights the trees that are being projected onto are kind of in like a valley and i thought that the lights were coming from down in the valley and shooting upwards but it's just so impressive how they do it like it's a it's a, it's its own show like a separate show for the event so many different lasers, um, so many different lights with a great soundtrack. It just looked really good. The soundtrack was a little bit different as well. It was a bit more sort of electronic and kind of dance beat sort of thing. It worked. It worked with the lights, didn't it? Absolutely, it, it yeah. Like, that, that goes for all through the event. It works. The soundtrack worked with every sort of bit you're walking through. Yeah, and then um, after that, we kind of came around the area where the gardens were and the prospect tower was all lit up um, in these absolutely fantastic colours. And it's just so nice that they incorporated the history of the towers into Lightopia as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not, it's it's like, obviously you mentioned earlier, it's not an Otter Towers event. It's not, it's not their own thing. It's sort of like a location for it. But they've still brought an Alton Towers feel to it, obviously showcasing the lights of their events and everything. They've used their surroundings it's again it's 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 hard to put into words you've really got to appreciate the effort that went into it and i've already said it but you've we talked about it a lot while we were there like you've really got to appreciate the effort the time that went into it it's i, c I couldn't imagine i couldn't imagine doing it myself like no. <laughs> but 
you yeah you've already got to appreciate it like it it delivered really well absolutely yeah and then um and then we got into haunted hollow which is obviously the very famous walk between mutiny bay and gloomy wood and this entire section was pretty much it was kind of autumn in the sense that there were there were kind of bits and bobs that were shouting towards autumn, but the majority of the rest of it was Halloween. Yeah, kind it was of like, Halloween, yeah. Yeah, and there was um there was like witches' houses and um and there they even made light versions of the Alton Towers <laughs> Freaky Five with Exactly, yeah, again like touching on the Alton Towers aspect, they're they're including their Halloween characters. Yes, yeah, so you've got like, you know, Franklin and Phil and um you know, all of these different characters that are now incorporated into Lytopia, which is very good. And, um, yeah, at this point, we kind of got to the end of Haunted Hollow, and I thought, oh, that's that's it, that's the end. But then it just went back round, and you just went further into the woods, and there were massive, huge displays of houses and witches, and there was, like, a skeleton man who was kind of, like, sat back with his leg out, and he looked really frustrated. Um, and then we got to our my personal favourite light, which was a squirrel that looked very very annoyed like he looked very yeah. angry a bit of a weird expression on that one but um still impressive really really it's, good. it's still impressive and at this point i, I think i remember saying to you i was like because like we kept thinking like oh that's the end that's the end but no it just carries on and at this point i sort of thought like there's probably going to be like some sort of big finale isn't there and we were sort of like talking about it, it's like oh is there going to be a big finale is there not going to be a big finale and we sort of got to the end of like i guess you call it like the main sort of lights display like the sort of final through like few scenes yeah and this is when you're coming sort of like, out of the gardens onto the bridge um by is it by battle galleons yeah you come out there yeah now just bear in mind before we went into lytopia we saw that there was a huge sort of like water feature coming out of the lake which we'd never seen before bear that in mind oh yeah um so yeah we come out of like lytopia well, i say we come out of lytopia we thought we did and you come around to that final scene which is uh, just by the lake where they set up loads of like pads over the grass and stuff and we're like oh okay it's not over then and that massive fountain we'd seen which we never thought anything of at the time did we were like oh that's new nice it's pretty nice and then we came around there and it turned out to be a big water screen they were projecting onto and it was massive it and the, the soundtrack and it just had loads of different characters like videos of like santa of everything on tower stuff all of it just going on and you could stand there hours and watch it obviously it's like on loop like on repeat but you could stand there for just hours it was mesmerizing yeah and you the thing is if, if you guys don't know what a water screen is it's such a mental sort of technology that you, it's so obvious but no one you know it's, it's still seen as like a marvel but it's basically where they shoot a huge amount of water into the air and the water is obviously being shot at at such a velocity and volume that it kind of is like white water you know when it like turns it, into like that sort of spray like it like a foamy sort yeah. of spray and then they basically just project a video onto the spray and you can see it. And just it's... use it as a screen. Yeah. And it worked really well. Really good. Like they had like Santa on there. They had like obviously nods to Lytopia and it was it was like Christmas trees and presents. It was just really fantastic. Never seen anything like it. And honestly, personally, one of the best things that Alton Towers have added in a very long time. You've got to bear in mind as well. With Alton Towers, their fam family offering at Christmas, I don't know if you knew this before, but it used to be Santa sleepovers, which they still do, but it's basically a pantomime and a Santa visit uh, and sort of like a festive uh, menus in the hotels. Um, 
and then some family rides like Mutiny Bay and things would be open to the hotel guests. However, this year, you've got Lytopia, you've got the the market, the market, the option to go into the park and onto the rides, even if you're not staying at the hotel. They've just turned Christmas into a new beginning for Alton Towers, and personally, in my opinion, absolutely one of the best things they've ever done. There is no point in just closing a theme park and shutting the doors from November to March <coughs> Thought Park. But <laughs> I understand why Thought Park did it because they're a very thrill-based sort of... The, the, their, their only draw is their, their rights. Alton Towers have so much more to offer and yeah. that is why this year has been my favourite year simply because they had Mardi Gras. They had the Alton Towers Ultimate Summer they had Oktoberfest, they had Scarefest, they had the fireworks, and they had Christmas. There was not a single point this year where there wasn't a specific event on, and the whole resort just felt alive again. It just felt it, it so It felt good. like a different place each event. And because of all of those different events, Lytopia was just the, the bow that you needed to wrap it the is, year it's with. It's just like the cherry on top, isn't it? It's basically it's... just like, hey, we've given you this amazing year full of events celebrating all of the different seasons and things that happen throughout the year and now it's christmas time now it's the end of the year and the park's getting a little bit sleepy we're just going to give you a massive sort of celebration where you can just walk through the grounds and look at all of the different exactly. things exactly it's just like a huge goodbye just to just yeah it's just a huge goodbye just to sort of cap it all off yeah really really good it is yeah really good so if you, if you are still thinking of going which we highly recommend it runs until the 4th of january yeah, I, th yep. I think it's the second to or the fourth. It's something like that. Early January, like first few days. We, so you've got we definitely good, recommend. You've going. got a couple of weeks left. If you haven't been to Alton Towers Christmas, I know the Smiler's not open. I know Nemesis <laughs> not so open. I know that Thirteen's not open, and I know even Runaway Mine Train's not open. But go! It is such a fantastic experience. You don't need to go on a big roller coaster with loads of loops to have a good day. All you need is good company you know stuff to do like the market litopia and just go into one of your favorite theme parks it's a really really good event i really enjoyed it i'm sure you did too i i did really enjoy it and it's like you mentioned earlier we didn't get on park for when it opens which is what we normally aim to do but we didn't feel like we'd wasted our day no. like when you look at it when you look at what they've got to offer like your first thought might be oh well there's not that much is there really any point it's like yes there really is a point in going it's so laid back you're not rushing around to get everything done you're not trying to get loads of rides done. It's it's just something sort of relaxing to close off the season. Yeah, especially if you're a pass holder. I think if you're a pass holder, you've got to go. <laughs> yeah, you've got to make the most of it. You've really got it. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening to our review. We're going to have a little bit of an interlude and then we're going to talk about what's coming up in the next couple of years for our theme parks in this country. It'll be exciting. See you in a little bit. Right, so as we mentioned in the intro, the next sort of segment is going to be news from around UK theme parks. So that will include new coasters, any new developments going on around parks. And the first one we want to talk about, which we mentioned briefly in last episode, comes from Blackpool Pleasure Beach, which is their new addition to Icon, which is, of course, Enzo. So the basic idea, well, the, the whole idea is to add a spinning... Is it a spinning car on the back of um on it's the last train, isn't it? They're going to change. So it's it'll be what Ma it, obviously Mac is a manufacturer. It's be what they call a hybrid train. 
they've got well they haven't got a hybrid train they've got i don't know what it's called they've got a spinning coaster somewhere else yeah so they've got a they've got two spinning coasters out in the world one at plops de plan in, in uh, belgium that's called ride to happiness uh, that looks really fantastic and the first one that opened was over at um it was over in the states uh, in missouri at silver dollar city and it's called time traveler they're not hybrids though are they they're no. all so this is the this is their first hybrid which will have some that are just standard as they are and the last one which is spinning and this this will be very this we're quite excited for this because obviously as we mentioned last episode icon is we share it as a number one coaster so we're we're quite excited to see how this plays out yeah personally my main concern which i'd imagine is a concern of a lot of people is having that separate queue line because for those of you who have been on icon and have seen the station it's not it's not very big there's a lot packed into pleasure beach it's not a very big station the queue line in itself right now that's quite crammed it's up um, against the wall it's very crammed yeah and already. obviously you've got the grand prix that literally backs onto literally, the... yeah exactly so i mean they they've obviously got a plan for it how how they're going to do it i do not know how it's going to affect well how it's going to affect the main queue line is it going to reduce that right down is everyone going to be queuing for the back row are people just going to look at it and be like, oh, that queue's too big, I'll just get on it normally? Which I'd imagine we'll probably do. Because I don't want to, like... We'll definitely do Enzo, but I don't want to, like, rock up, see, like, a massive queue for the back row, barely anything in Icon, and still queue for the back row. We're going to be like, you know what, maybe another time we'll do it. Yeah. Because Icon is a good... It's, it's a fantastic ride in itself. You don't have to... You don't have to use the back row. But with this addition, there's obviously going to be a huge, huge demand for it. Yeah. So to see how that all plays out, it's, it's going to be quite interesting. Uh, obviously, along with that, they've announced there's going to be new merch, Enzo-themed merch. Obviously, they've already got the Icon merch shop, which is really good. If you haven't already looked at that, look at it. It's really good. So see what else they're going to introduce, whether it's just going to be the same stuff with the word Enzo on, or if they introduce, like, new stuff. I know at the moment they've got, like, lanyards, like, clothing, obviously, like, jumpers, hats, fridge magnets, all the sort of, like, generic stuff. So whether they just rebrand it or bring out completely new lines, that'll be interesting to see. There's a lot of stuff that like, I know I'm really interested for, not just the ride itself. So it's going to be quite interesting to see how that all works out. There's not an official opening date for it yet, is there? They're saying spring. Um, the park opens in February. Um, it won't be open in February. Yeah, so so don't go back at the start of the season like expecting it to be there because it probably won't be. Yeah, I imagine the park actually fully opens every. So it's on we it's weekends only throughout February and March, and then it's uh weekends and weekdays from April. I personally think it will probably be the first of April that and yeah. and so opens. Um, but you know it it could you know it ne- you never know it could be february it could have a soft opening in march you never know it, it, we don't know yet um you can expect icon to be closed every now and then as well yeah obviously they won't need to close the whole ride cuz they can just shift trains on and off cuz they're not they're not working on the track they're not working on anything like that it's purely just the trains they're working on so you can expect whilst they're working on one train, putting the new one on the back. What I imagine normal trains d- will still be operating. Yeah, like what what I imagine they'll do is they'll probably, um, like Nathan said, they'll probably do the trains, um, probably like one at a time, so they can still keep Icon open. Yeah, and I imagine they'll probably test the um, Enzo trains when, when the park's closed on the weekdays in February and March. Um, yeah. So that's you know there's there's lots of ways around it. Um, Obviously, we, yeah, they're, they're going to want to keep it open, but you can expect 
I mean, it's kind of a given, really. You can expect closures more often. Yeah, and I, I think in terms of the ride itself, the thing is I am so looking forward to Enzo. I mean, obviously, with Icon being my favourite ride in the world, um, I, I am a huge fan of it, the layout, the airtime, everything about it. The only thing I'm a little bit worried about is that with spinning trains and obviously being in a, let's say, I don't know, let's say you go over the um, little bunny hill before the second launch if you're looking sideways on is that going to affect your airtime or is it yeah is it... that yeah that could definitely play into it it's going to affect the feel of the ride but it's something you can compare to spinball as well like how fast is it going to spin compared like one time compared to like another time because that really affects the ride i know some of our best rides on spinball we've just been spinning around like crazy some of them you barely move like it is it's it's really going to change the ride not just from facing one direction, but each time you do this, each time you do the back row, it's going to be different each time. It's um, maybe I just haven't done my research, but I'm not a hundred percent sure whether it's completely free spin like Spinball and like um, Dragon's Fury and things like that, or whether it's going to be more of a controlled spin like um, Time Traveler. I mean, on Time Traveler, of course, there are free spin sections, but then at other times there are controlled spin sections and. Um, if you guys have ever seen Euromir at Europa Park, obviously the first of the Mac sort of spinning coasters, um, it is very different. Obviously, Time Traveller being an inverting um, spinning coaster, Euromir being a sort of like a, a, a family spinning coaster from the 1990s. It's, it's very different, but there's so many different opportunities that they can do with Icon and Enzo. Um, one thing that I'm really looking forward to is obviously feeling the sensation of spinning through an inversion. Like, yeah, that'll be good. Um, obviously, there is only one on Icon, but it's bound to be a good one. Yeah, and, um, you know, anything, like, for, you know, from the, um, the, the the top hat kind of junior Immelman as you come over, um, if you're facing sort of backwards on that, that's going to be crazy. So that it's just such an exciting project. The launches as well. Obviously, I'd imagine the first launch is not you're not going to be spinning. You're just coming out of station. Not much is going to change unless it's a controlled spin, in which case they might spin you straight away. But coming into the second inversion, you're bound to have some sort of spin motion going on there. That'll be interesting to see going through a launch. But again, if it's controlled, will they stop it? Will they stop it spinning through the launch? It's just like so many questions that we don't know yet because there's not huge amounts of information. But because it is so soon, it, it builds up the excitement because it is very... We are very close to it now. What's really sort of refreshing about Enzo as well is that we don't have to wait until like 2023 to be able to ride it. It is just going to be a case of waiting over the off season and then going back and getting on it. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, there are other attractions like, you know, the Chessington and Thorpe Park attractions that we're going to be talking about later. Um, Still be waiting a couple of years for those. Yeah. Um, so this is very short term. It is very immediate. But yeah, it's something that we're really, really looking forward to um, and something that we hope you guys are looking forward to as well. Um, you know, that it's going to be a really, like I said, really strange sensation, especially considering I haven't done any spinning coasters except from Spinball and Dragon's Fury. I've done the one at Walt Disney Studios, Crush's Coaster, but yeah, it, just a really exciting project that's coming to the UK. It is, yeah. I think um, not. It's I don't know. I don't really know what else I can say about it. Yeah. Like because there's so little information, it's it's hard. 
it's hard to know what to expect. I think the real the real sort of talking point for Enzo is when we're gonna when we come off the ride and we tell you guys about it next season when we when we've done it. Um, we will probably thinking about it. We'll probably head up to Blackpool for a couple of days in sort of like April or May. Um, and when we do that, obviously you guys are going to be the first ones who get the uh, who get the review from us. Yeah, we'll get straight onto it. So next, we are going to head over to our obviously not in geographically, but in terms of the volume of which we go, our home park, Alton Towers. Um, and it looks as though they're going to be getting a new attraction in CBeebies Land. Yeah, for any of you that have been to Alton Towers recently, you'll notice Tree Fu Tom has been cornered off. Obviously, that's the play area, the outdoor play area at CBeebies Land. There's little to none information, next to none information, about what they're doing with it. There's lots of speculation, but they've released nothing. I know when we were trying to find stuff to talk about in this podcast, I found like a rumour of it, but that is all it was. Yeah. Like there's so little information. So we were just talking as well, um what we what we want to see from it. And um I was thinking when you look at C Sound, there's such a variety of stuff there already that appeals obviously to younger people. Yeah. And they're taking away the outdoor play area. Well, I say taking away, they may not be, because I said to you they may just be renovating it, which I think would be a good thing because it's the only outdoor play area they've got there. Why why get rid of it? I mean, I don't know how popular it is. Obviously, we've never sort of been into the play area. It may just be that it doesn't get enough doesn't get enough use, so they're trying to replace it with something else. Yeah. But I think it's personally best just to renovate it, include some new stuff, because it is a good addition. Like, you may take your kids to Alton Towers. They may not want to go on, like, Octonauts or anything else and see BB's Land. They may just want to go to what is essentially a park. So to get rid of it, I think would be a shame, but obviously nothing's been released yet, so they may come up with something better, so that may change for me. Yeah, so obviously, like, I've been been going to Alton Towers for many, many years now, and before CBeebies Land was um, constructed, and it was the old farmyard, um, in the place that you used to have Octonauts, uh, obviously now there's a wall separating Octonauts from Spimble, but they used to be connected. And um, there used to be a outdoor play area where Octonauts is now. I think it's called Space Adventures or something. It's loosely themed to space. Um, and they got rid of that for Octonauts. And I just feel like, it, like you said, I feel like it would be a bit of a shame getting rid of another outdoor yeah. um, play area. Because um, obviously before Trifu Tom it was called, I think it was, was it called There's Something in the Dung Heap? I think it was called it was um and yeah and they uh, that so there were two and now there's one and there could be zero could be however (laughs) what i would like to say is there are four main merlin theme parks in the uk you've obviously got alton towers thought park legoland and chessington chessington and legoland both have zamperla discos you've got cobra at chessington which is a sort of large scale kind of disco with a big airtime hump in the middle and then you've got Mia's riding adventure at Legoland which is in the Lego Friends area of the park and that's more of a smaller one a bit like Avatar Airbender at Blackpool if you look at the footprint for Trifu Tom it is a perfect size for a disco coaster which I think would be fantastic because obviously it's it's the per if you, you've got octonauts for sort of like younger kids because it's obviously a very sort of small roller coaster and then you've got go jetters for younger kids which again is a bit of a smaller ride i just think they need one more one more sort of ride that kind of fits in with that sort of 
too old for in the night garden, too young for runaway mine train kind of thing. Yeah, no, that'd be good thinking about it, yeah. And, um, yeah, I think a disco would fit really, really nicely in that spot. Um, alternatively, you know, there's so many different little flat rides that you could fit in there, maybe like a mini Ferris wheel or something. Um, or even just something very simple as like a, I don't know, like a, they could be converting it to a water outdoor, uh, a, a water site kind of so based outdoor play area much like the sort of duplo valley water thing at legoland so there are so many different things so many different possibilities and yes it probably isn't going to be something that we're going to rush to um but for you families out there who are you know interested in getting down to the resort and doing something new in cbb's land it's really exciting news we just have to see what they come up with and uh we will swiftly move on to the other kind of family oriented theme park in the UK and that is Chessington. Yes, a while ago. Um I'm not exactly sure how long ago it was now. It's probably yeah. a couple of months. Yeah, a few months ago. They released plans for a new coaster. And a new a whole new area as well, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And the coaster is a winged coaster. Did they release a name? No. No, they haven't released a name. In fact, since they announced it, I haven't heard anything about it. So yeah, it's very sort of under wraps in the sense of the theme. However, there are obvious rumours and um, we know exactly what the layout's going to look like. And it is quite a big one, to be fair. I'm not going to say that there isn't one of this out there because there might be in like China or something. But certainly, in the to, UK. to my knowledge, there has never been a B&M winged shuttle coaster. So... If you don't know what a shuttle coaster is, a shuttle coaster is basically a coaster that does not finish. It's not a complete circuit. Yeah, so if you've ever been to Drayton Manor, um, Accelerator, or previously known as Ben 10, um, that's a shuttle coaster. It reaches a spike and then completes the rest of the circuit backwards. Um, you've got a Velociraptor at uh, Poulton's Park. That is a shuttle coaster. Um, and yeah, they are really you know, really popular rides um, for families. However, this, I believe, obviously being a B&M, it's going to be quite big scale. It's going to be the second ever wing coaster in the UK. Um, that would be good as well, because I, I do like a wing coaster. I mean, I know I've only been on one, but obviously Swarm at Fort Park, but I did enjoy, like, I think a wing coaster is a really nice concept. It's, it's different to being sat, like, on top of the track or underneath it. You're, like, really spread out from it. Yeah, especially a launched wing coaster. That would be good as well, yeah. It's, there's so many different sort of things that we're getting with this ride. I mean, we, you know, uh, we've only got one other wing coaster and that opened nearly a decade ago. Um, a launched wing coaster. Um, obviously, I saw Thunderbird that was released. At, um, oh, th- th- uh, Thunderbird was released over at a Holiday World. And ever since seeing that, it was like, wow, I'd love to go on a launched wing coaster. Uh, and also a shuttle wing coaster, which is just ridiculous and sort of taking loads of ideas and putting them into one coaster yeah and i i imagine i imagine with the proposed theme it's probably going to be quite well themed and it might be a few head chopper moments on there yes speaking about theming as well obviously i mentioned it's a whole new area they haven't mentioned anything about the area in terms of like theming but if you look at it like it's sort of like the bird's eye view of it the main rumor surrounding it because of that is a jumanji theme because if you look at the plans from above, obviously I assume a lot of you have seen what the Jumanji board looks like. The pathways around it, they look 
completely identical. So that's what everyone thinks the sort of theme is going to be. But again, they haven't released anything. But I'm sort of with them. It wouldn't surprise me if that's what it is. It is kind of a bit too obvious. And another thing to bear in mind as well. Um, there's a there's a Merlin-operated park over in Italy called Gardaland who have confirmed that their new coaster or dark ride is... I think it's a, I think it's a dark ride, um, is going to be Jumanji themed. And obviously it's owned by Merlin. It's going to be coming about, out around the same time as the Chessington project. And with Chessington being themed to, you know, the wild and Africa and Asia and things like that. It fits in. Jumanji fits. So not only does the area look like a Jumanji board, but... Another park owned by the same company is opening something Jumanji, so they have the IP for it. It's very relevant because of the films with The Rock and Karen Gillan and Kevin Hart. And it's also great for families because it's a nice coaster. You know, you've got Vampire, but I think Chessington needs a coaster that's going to, like, sort of really kickstart those new thrill seekers in, into getting into an inversion or getting onto a launch coaster. Exactly, yeah. And I think Jumanji is probably going to be, I call it Jumanji, that's just act as its code name, but I'm, I think Jumanji will probably be the best coaster at Chessington when it opens. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I've only been Chessington like twice, once or twice. And like they have a good offering of coasters, but they're nothing. They're not really anything to shout about. Like they're good, but they're just not. I know exactly. They're, what you they're mean. not great. Yeah. They're kind of coasters that you go, oh, that was fun, but you don't go like, oh wow, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's not like. You don't come off thinking like I can't wait, get, like I can't wait to get back on again. Yeah, and I think this new coaster will probably be that. It'll exactly it will fit that, yeah. Um, which is really exciting. Um, and then moving on to our final project of the UK scene, which is set to be released in two thousand and twenty-four, it's Project Exodus at Thought Park, which we have posted a hell of a lot of content on our Instagram about. Once again, third plug at Coasterpan on Instagram. Um, we have posted so much on there about yeah. Project Exodus and there's so much more to learn. Um, if uh, I'll, I'll let you t uh, say your thoughts. I'll gather some information and then I'll give you all the boring facts. Yeah, as Dan said, we have posted a lot about it and that's because it is, it's so recent. It's really fresh. Like I'd imagine a lot of you have already heard about it. Obviously, Thought Park haven't had a new coaster since 2012, 2012, 2012 which is obviously The Swarm. Which was a good addition to the park, but since then there's not really been much going on. So introducing a new coaster for me personally, it's it's a big thing for Thought Park. I have such high expectations; they've got so much to make up for. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'd imagine there's reasons for them not introducing too much more. I know for the past couple of years, COVID. Obviously, I think I was watching a video of them explaining it. I did hear somewhere as well that they uh, their ticket sales went up by like naught point five percent when the swarm came out. I think they didn't get a very good response from the swarm. No, and I know since then because of COVID, I think, I think they uh, looked at visitor numbers recently. They are the lowest they've been for the past five or six years. So I think the main sort of motive behind the new coaster is the recovery from COVID and bringing those visitor numbers back up. And they're and then, not going to be able to do that with something that's half-assed. Yeah, exactly. They can't do. They can't do it with something like it's half-assed. It's got to. It's got to be really good. And I think that's what we're expecting now because they have announced it's going to be the UK's tallest. Yep. Two hundred and thirty-six foot tall. Yep. Obviously beating the big one. Yep. 
and that's a record that's been held since 1994. Yeah, so when it when it's released, that'll be 30 years. 30, yeah, 30 years, and they plan to break that record, which is good, which is really good. In terms of, like, manufacturer model, nothing's been said. Obviously, there's lots of speculation, lots of things that people want. Mac, I think, is a potential. Yeah, so Mac has been reported as being the sort of favourite. Um, when I first looked at it, I thought it looked a little bit like an SNS coaster, similar to, uh, I don't know, again, might be referencing random coasters that you haven't heard of, but there's a coaster over at Kennywood in, um, I think it's Pennsylvania, um, where it's basically a, a ride that came... Oh, when did to come out about two years ago and it's the uh most inversions in america it's called steel curtain it's themed to the pittsburgh steelers the football team and um yeah i mean it looks very similar to that so i saw it i thought oh sns but then they said mac people are saying rmc if it is an rmc i might cry an rmc in this country is something that i've wanted for many many years now um, a consultation went live on the 9th of this month, uh, December. Yeah, I thought this was a really good idea. I, I honestly thought it was a really good idea because having not introduced something for so long, introduced anything new for so long in terms of coasters, obviously, getting the public's opinion is going to it's going it's going to work really well. They can't just think they can't just put it all together, slap it in without asking the public like surrounding areas. They and it shows they want they want to appeal to what visitors want yeah they want to aim towards that in obviously to bring up the visitor numbers like if i if i put in what i want for a coaster and then they sort of take that on board and use that to build the new coaster i'm gonna think you know what they've really thought about what the public want they've they've done what they want it just means more than just oh it's a new coaster yeah and they also really took into account the locals and the environmental impacts of all of the Yeah, things. I remember reading that. It's, it's just really nice that they're sort of... Obviously, they'd be doing that anyway, but the fact that they've done it on like a public basis is kind of just means that they're really caring about what people think. I've got a few bullet points here, just in case you guys don't know. So, in terms of the location, the ride will take place in what was Old Town. Old Town is a tiny section of the park that used to hold Logger's Leap. It now holds Timber Tugboat, Limp, uh, Lumber Jump, and also Rocky Express. Um, it is replacing the rides that I just mentioned. Um, the ride will be 72 metres high, 236 feet, making it the tallest roller coaster in the UK, a title that will be taken uh, from the big one at Blackpool Pleasure Beach, a title that has been held for 30 years. The station for the roller coaster is roughly based where the old Canada Creek Railway Station was, which is currently the Timber Tugboat um, queue line or the ending for Platform 15. Um, the ride makes an outward bank uh, of a hundred and one, uh, hundred and eighty degree turn to the lift hill, which is a new sort of thing that coasters have been doing—a modern thing, an outward bank. Um, after climbing the lift hill, the ride goes down a steep one hundred and eighty degree twisted drop, so you will be turned completely on yourself. So you'll drop, and instead of going just straight down, you will turn and twist. Um, the ride then makes a series of high elements, which may or may not invert. If you look at the sort of plans it looks as though they may invert something like a dive loop or a non-inverting dive loop um the ride then makes a series uh sorry the then there are some elements featuring outward bank turns which again like i mentioned is something that is very typical of an rmc um so that that is nodding to an rmc the um the concept art for this coaster does have a sort of um trust looking track which would suggest mac however um nothing is confirmed 
Um, and the ending features an outward bank zero G roll uh, into an airtime hill, which is, again, a very RMC like um, sort of element. You really want that RMC, don't you? Seriously, I would I would love an RMC. Um, there haven't been any confirmed stats. We do not know the length, the top speed, the number of inver inversions, or the manufacturer. Parts of the rides will take place over the lake, which log is leap turned around. However, the ride itself is very compact, crossing over itself many times. There is also a splash zone and appears to be a splashdown element of the track, which is where the coaster will go over the lake and cause a big splash effect. The park have said that the new ride will not increase the current noise levels in the park. The high points have been carefully chosen to minimise site pollution in the local area. The park has said that they're looking at options for a colour scheme and may mimic Stealth's two-tonal colour scheme where the high points are white and the other parts of the track are a different colour. Um, the park have said that following the reduction in visitor numbers over the past decade, plus the issues related to the current pandemic, they need to introduce a new roller coaster to stop the decline in visitor numbers. They do not expect the new ride to significantly increase visitor numbers. The timeline states, January 2022 is when the consultation period will end. Spring 2022 is when they'll submit the plans to the local council. Summer 2022 is when the plans should be approved and late 2022 is when the construction will start. An opening date is not officially confirmed. However, if the construction starts in late 2022, it could potentially open in 2023 mid-season around May or June or alternatively it could open at the beginning of the season in March in 2024. All of these details can be found on the consultation website, which is just thoughtpark slash consultation.com. And I got all of this information from thoughtparkmania.co.uk, just so I could summarise it all down and I didn't have to ramble. But you guys know all of this already, probably. But we are so excited for we are, it. Yeah, we are very excited. I recommend filling out the survey they've got, bringing up any points that you think might affect it. I know one that I quite violently touched on in the survey, <laughs> I want to say, is... What's happening with Creek Creek Massacre? Because obviously that's going to be affected with the location of the new coaster. It's not a scare maze that I want to see disappear. I know I've only done it once, but I thought it was brilliant. I don't want to see it removed completely. It'd be cool if they could relocate it. But again, how all that's going to work, we don't know yet. Because a lot, a lot about this ride is literally just speculation at the moment. Yeah. Theories and all that sort of stuff. So as soon as we have more information, obviously we'll get it out to you. But as it stands, there's really not that much. All I can say is... Do that survey, put in what you want for, put put across any points. Just make sure the Thought Park hear you, basically. Yeah. And yeah, there's not an awful lot more to say. Um, visit the websites, find out what it's gonna look like, look at the concept art, because if you're as excited about this as we are, then we're gonna be following the construction of this. We are gonna be going down to Thought Park whenever we can. We'll, we'll look, fully cover look it as at, it unfolds. Yeah. Exactly, looking at all of the information looking at the construction, seeing it going up. Who knows? In a year's time, we might be seeing some RMC track put down at Thought Park. You never know. Which would, it would be, be, it would be good. ridiculous. One thing to touch on before we go into our outro for today is that um, with Thought Park, with the new maze trailers, there was actually a movie poster style looking artwork on the side that said Exodus, which is the project name for this coaster. On this poster, there was a picture of a man being abducted by an alien. Is this going to be the theme for the new coaster? I don't know. However, if it is, don't you think that's a little bit too similar to the swarm? I guess we'll have to wait and see. So many questions. But um, yeah, we hope you guys are looking forward to it as much as we are. 
We're going to play a little uh, interlude. Are we going to touch on SW9? We will talk about a potential SW9 next week. <laughs> SW9 has basically come has begun to surface on Tower's um, social media. They've been hinting at it. With Thought Park releasing Project Exodus, they have basically been hinting, saying that a new coaster is coming um, to Alton Towers. Right, I am about to play an interlude for you guys, and we will say goodbye, and that's hats off to another excellent episode. Right, so thank you for tuning in to the second episode. We'll obviously bring out another one soon, as soon as we can. I think we mentioned this last time as well. With it being the off-season, there's not a huge amount to talk about. Obviously, any bits of news that surface, like we've done today, we'll talk about. But an idea I had is, if there's anything you want us to talk about, any questions you have, message the Instagram page. Dan, if you want to plug it again, go at ahead. Pal, at CoasterPal, that's at C-O-A-S-T-E-R-P-A-L, all one word, at CoasterPal on Instagram. Just get onto that. Anything you want us to talk about, any questions you have, or like about the theme park community, or about us and what we've done, message us because we'll definitely we'll definitely use it in the next episode. We're gonna be doing things like Q and A's. We're gonna be bringing on guests. I've got a couple of friends in the community that have been uh, sort of expressed their interest in joining the podcast for an episode. We can talk to them about their experiences, their opinions on new things coming. All of all of that good stuff. Um, but yeah, ultimately, um, we have successfully done another episode for you guys. We hope you enjoy it. Please share it, um, share everything you can, just get the name out there, Coaster Pal. Um, and there's not a huge amount left to say. No, I think that's just about right to earth. We just want to get you involved. Yeah, we just, we we just, just want to get you involved. Get then. you guys involved, get your questions in. And um, basically just continue doing what we love, make it talking rubbish about theme parks for an hour every week and going and enjoying the parks in our downtime. So, yeah, we're really appreciative of everyone listening. Um, we cannot wait for the next episode. I cannot give you a time date on, you know, when when we're going to be doing it, because quite frankly, like Nathan said, it's the off season. Um, there's not a huge amount to talk about at the moment. However, we will be coming up with new ideas, uh, new sort of concepts that we can do for the podcast. And uh, until then, yeah. Yeah, we'll see you next time. See you next week or the week after or the week after. Goodbye, guys. Bye-bye.